What's up, everybody? It is the dudes, and well, we don't have any dudettes, so it's just the dudes. Uh, we're back, all three of us. They're together. Yeah. I'm at we're school. Back. All three. Yeah, I like that. Puzzles back. We're back. Put it together. The big three of the podcast. The only three. Got a lot to talk about. A lot of uh, insane things have been happening in sports off the field and on the field. Uh, we're going to talk about a few things that may have political undertones. We're not going to get too political. We're just going to talk about it as, as sports fans. That's what we do. That's what we're here for. Podcasts for the fans, by the fans. You get it? All right. Mm, get that. Yeah. So, yeah, we we're do back. this for only fans. Only fans. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> get that? What's up? Braves. Oh. oh. Oh, hey, they did it. I'm so man, I can't even begin to express how happy I was. I mean, seeing that all come together after just the turmoil of year we had. I, even me, as being as big a fan as I am, I, I thought we were done after Acuna goes down. Um, thought we were actually going to sell, but double A went out. He said he, he, he made a message the first day, you know, getting jocked. Um, Signed some other guys. Solaire, obviously, just absolutely huge. Gets bolstered to the top of that lineup and, you know, goes out with COVID. And at that point, I'm not even thinking if we're going to make it through the NLDS, you know, without our slugger. Uh, he's he's He turned absolutely fire for us down the stretch. And to be honest, I didn't know if we were going to be able to make it through the NLDS without that guy. But with the other pickups we had, Eddie Rosario, Jock, just absolutely put it all together for us. Eddie Rosario couldn't get out. The glove was unreal. The sword with Heredia, man, it's just it's just an unreal experience for me. Um, I know it was probably cool for the rest of the baseball world, you know, getting to knock out those cheaters. Um, somebody got to do it, and I'm glad it got to be the Braves. Uh, just, uh, just absolutely incredible. And, you know, I know Acuna, Haiti couldn't do it, be there with us, but I also think that, you know, I don't, I don't know if it would have went, you know, if Acuna wasn't. I think it was just meant to be, you know. I, I'm not so sure that if, if Acuna stays healthy and we don't make those pickups and stuff to add those bats. And, I mean, hell, Duvall gave us 25 home runs as soon as he, you know, when he came over. Just just incredible. And I don't know if that happens if everything just goes like it was. Great for Freddie. Got to sign him back. Also saw today, you know, we might be able to get all four guys we had in the outfield back, a couple of the guys be platoon. But we definitely need that. We're not a strong center fielder next year. Um as far as the uh, – just that's about all I got for that. But as far as the rest of MLB goes, man, the gold gloves and stuff, the Cardinals took it home. I mean, shit, five gold gloves. I think it's the most ever on a team uh, in, a, in a division. That's just – that's incredible. So, they had the best defense all year. And, man, I'm honest to God, happy as hell. Like I said from the get-go, they didn't, they didn't get the Dodgers the first night because that was the hottest team in baseball. But before I give it all to you guys, chop on for the A, baby. Go Braves. That's all I got. Yep. I don't got anything on MLB. Uh, good for Atlanta. Good to beat Houston, like you said. And uh, just, you know, good good for a fellow dude here to get him a little ring right there. Uh, since starting the pod, I mean, dogs got a natty. We got Braves winning the World Series. Hudat's shocking a little bit. Had a rough week. We'll get there. But 
I would I wouldn't hate to see someone's team every every sport win it. Why not? Yeah, and you know, I hate to say this, but Kohe even brought it up and it really like kind of hit home with me. Like, you know, it's it is kind of cool, you know, it not being an Alabama one. Like, you know, I've luckily got to be a part of a lot of Alabama ones. And you know, I'm not saying they get old because they all feel good, but you know, just just really cool seeing another team you really root for hard uh get a ring, you know, because I know it sure as hell won't be the football team anytime soon. Start with NFL. This is this is absolutely heartbreaking, you know, for the families involved, especially for the woman who died. But just an unreal, um, surreal act by Henry Ruggs. It, it, it's it was just a fatal accident that you know me being an Alabama fan, I want to start it out. You know, I I really liked what Derek Carr had to say. I think that was the best thing that was said that that through the whole situation, through the whole process. Uh, I love that guy. I really gained some respect for that guy over the last probably five weeks. You know how he handled the Gruden situation and how he handled this one. You know, that's just a leader. And like you said, you know, you have to be sad for the family and everything. But you also got to realize that this guy, Henry Ruggs, is human. You know, he, he he's feeling it too. He he He's wearing the biggest burden for what happened, I feel. I feel everybody in that situation would be. Um, but don't get me wrong, it's probably the stupidest decision he's ever made in his life and the stupidest decision he ever will make in his life. Uh, you know, I've seen somewhere on a report from TMZ, he had had like 24 shots and six mixed drinks in a in a three-hour span, you know, at Top Golf. Just, just unreal that you have that much money and you have everything at your fingertips, a new baby, a six-month-old pretty girl, you know, a woman that was actually in the car with you, that you're lucky, you know, that she didn't come away with any fatal injuries or death, you know, because then you're getting two homicides. So it's just, it's, it's absolutely, you know, it's, it's a heartbreaking situation that very well could have been avoided. Um, these guys have too much money to be for one driving in that situation. Like I, there's no way that I, I'm not, if I know I'm having that much alcohol, I mean, 24 shots and five mixed drinks. I mean, I don't know how the guy was walking and just seeing the video TMZ post of how fast he was going you know, in the live footage, it's just, it's just unreal. And uh, I just, I, I just, I hope he's going to get what he deserves. I, I'm not saying he shouldn't get that. He's going to get, you know, what he deserves, the years he deserves. And I hope he learned from it because I don't think he'll be back in the NFL football league. Um, just horrible for the Raiders though. I mean, they lose their coach, Henry Ruggs, and then the Devontae Matt guy today, he got kicked off too. So now they got nothing for Khalil Mack. I mean, the two picks they got was Henry Ruggs and Atta, Anette or whatever. And he got caught today posting machine guns, talking to a fan that was in his DMs about the game. Like he was pointing machine guns at him with 50 round drum clips on it. And he's kicked off. So just horrible for the Raiders. You know, they've just spiraled out of control. I guess Las Vegas is just too much for some of these young guys. Yeah. My, uh, my biggest thing on the whole thing, and I just want to reiterate it that I said on uh, Twitter is it is okay. And especially being 2021 in the day and age we live in world needs a lot of prayer, a lot of uh, hope for everybody, the bad people, the good people, whatever. But it's it's all right to mourn that death that the, the lady that lost her life and to still kind of, like he said, pray for Ruggs and pray he gets it right. And, you know, hope he learns from it. Hope he betters himself in the situation. There's no point in just hating on him and consistently talking down about him and his family and all that. Like, he, he knows he just pissed away everything he worked for since he could – run and hold a football or do whatever so terrible situation uh 
prayers out to the girl, uh, her whole family and friends that were affected by it and lost a loved one. And prayers out to Henry Ruggs and his family. I hope, hope they better from it. I hope they better themselves. Yeah, and real quick, I'll say, you know, it was just shocking to me because, you know, I don't know if anybody really knows this besides being an Alabama fan, but, I mean, Henry Ruggs lost his best friend junior year of high school, Rod Scott from Drunk Driving. So, I mean, he's been through the mortality and, you know, the horrible the horrible things of drunk driving, and it's just crazy that it came around full circle and he ended up being on the bad end of it. I just hate it for him, and, you know, hope he can get the help he needs. That makes it even more sad. I didn't know that his best friend had passed away from yeah, the same I mean, thing. Yeah, I mean, he's got, like, his whole tattoo on his back. I mean, he, that's why he did the threes every time he scored, you know, pointing up yeah. to him. That was, his, that was his ride or die. So, I mean, it's crazy that that happened how it did and just crazy how life happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to talk too long about it. I just – it's so upsetting to see, um, especially when a superstar like Henry Ruggs does something like this. It's – He's younger He's younger 20, than all yeah, of us. he's 22 years old. He's number one receiver yeah. for the damn Las Vegas Raiders. I mean – Sorry well, to cut you off, G, but the no. fact he's younger than all of us is mind-blowing. Well, I'm 22. Oh, well, yeah. He – I think he was. He born, just turned I know, twenty-two. I think. Though. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I think you're gonna turn twenty-three this year. He won't be twenty-three. 22 he was born. He was born. I remember. I looked it up. It's like January twenty-something of ninety-nine. Yeah. Mm. So he's with me. He's yeah. I'm like twenty days older than him or something. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say the saddest thing about it is that family is having to see that kind of stuff all over their feeds and everything, and it's getting. You know, I don't think that they're gonna. I mean, it's just it just sucks to mourn in the public eye. I I just can't imagine what they're going through. Um, and I just – I want to say that just because I think people a lot of times talk more about uh, about the sports guy, which Henry Ruggs, obviously, he knows now he shouldn't have done it. He probably knew then he shouldn't have done it. I mean, there was the – you know, not to cut you off, but, I mean, we all saw the video, too, of the car on fire, and he's sitting on the curb. Yeah. I mean, he has to know in that moment. Like, I mean – yeah. And you know, you know, in that case, man, you sober up fast. So I mean, that's that's horrible. Yeah, but we'll uh, we'll move on from that one. Praying for everyone involved. And that's I mean, that's really all you can do. No doubt. Let everything work its way out. I guess I don't know. Another thing that's not completely about football that's in the football news. I'm going to talk about it very briefly. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. the guy. The guy. I mean, look. This is this is my take on it, and I don't know if I if y'all are going to disagree, agree. If anybody listening is going to disagree, agree, doesn't really matter. This is just my opinion on it. I agree with him doing his own research and wanting not to get it. That's okay. I understand there are m- many people who feel that way, but it's lying about it to his whole team and the organization when we have somebody like Kyrie Irving that publicly says, I'm not going to do it, or Andrew Wiggins saying he's not going to do it for religious reasons. I don't know if those religious reasons are actually viable. I don't know his religion. And they're over here getting absolutely destroyed by everyone on whatever media platform you have. And then we get Aaron Rodgers do it, and he lied about it. And we got folks out here, which I agree, like, choice it should be a choice in my opinion because younger people have a much higher living rate than older people do especially with the vaccine the with covid that we have right now 
that being said, I just don't <laughs> – it's almost impressive how he got past people, like, not having the vaccine. Apparently, he's, he had said he was immunized, which, like, when they asked him if he was vaccinated, he said he was immunized. And they just were like, okay. Yeah. Like, I went to a restaurant in New Orleans this weekend. I had to show my vaccination card. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand how he was able to get past him by just talking his way through it. So more props yeah, I, to him, but I think that it could have been avoided. But you know, if he didn't want to, he didn't want to get it. He didn't have to. I mean, I yeah. do agree with that. But y'all go ahead into it. I mean, only thing this is this is my view on it. I'm vaccinated actually, so I mean, Me too. you know, with that being said, so I mean, that's you know, everybody has their own opinion, but. This is what I see in Aaron Rodgers' case. The only way that I kind of back, I don't, I don't think he really – I mean, yes, he did lie on stage, okay. But in that – now me knowing that during that time when he made those statements that he was in a battle with the NFLPA, that he thought he was going to win, you know, by saying, hey, look, if we've had COVID two times in the past three months – we're at a higher success rate actually than the people that are vaccinated, you know, of not getting it again, which now if you have COVID, you know, him coming back Saturday, he don't have to even get tested again for 90 days. So that just shows you that the immunization means something. With that being said, I think if his teammates truly did know, like he said, if they truly all did know where he stood and that what he meant by being immunized, that he didn't have the vaccine and that he wasn't planning on getting it because, you know, he said he was allergic to MRNA, the only thing that doesn't have mRNA in it, um, you know, what he was allergic to is the Johnson and Johnson. Of course, that would have the recall. So it's his opinion. It's his opinion, you know, but I just think if his teammates truly did know that he wasn't vaccinated and where he stood and his whole organization knew that, then I don't think it is, it is bad as it seems. Um, I do hate that Kyrie and the other people get scrutinized for it so badly, but Ky- I think Kyrie gets the blunt of it just because of kind of what he's done, you know, kind of with the disappearing and Absolutely, just his other yeah. blunt. I don't think Aaron Rodgers ever had that until this year, you know, with going away um, at the very beginning. But Kyrie's kind of had his stint, so I think that's why he gets a little harder. I do agree with him, though, that I don't think this should all be asked by the media. I mean, I think, honestly, it should be between you and your organization and whatever the rules are in the NFL. And you shouldn't have to answer, you know, I'm sure they get fined if they deny the answer, which I don't think is right. Um, I think you should be able to, you know, conceal your your um, private um, doctor, you know, records and stuff like that, you know, because everybody doesn't have to know. And I think that's the biggest problem with society today is we think that everybody has to know what everybody's doing in their lives. And just just I, I wish it could go back to, you know, just take care of you and your family, do what you have to do to abide by your rules under your job title. And, and if everybody in that case is OK, well, it doesn't matter what the media it doesn't matter what the what the world knows. And social media has ruined that. I won't get yeah. into all of that, but you people know, trying to cancel somebody. Exactly. Every, yeah. Cancel yeah. culture is insane right now. And honest to God, if you listen to that, if you listen to the damn dude, Aaron Rodgers, the, the guy knows what the hell he's talking about. I mean, he's did his research. He's smart. Yeah. He didn't go to Cal for no reason. So, I mean, the guy has his smarts. And if he's done all his medical research and talked with all these people that he said he's talked to, I don't see it being a – I mean, he, he did what's best for him. And it was best for his body. And, you know, like he said, he said, I'm going to keep taking care of me. And I think he does stand in the middle. He said, I don't care what the Republicans think. They're going to love me for it. And the left's going to, the left's going to love me for it. The left's going to hate me for it. And the right, you know, they're going to love me for it, but he doesn't care. He's taking care of himself. Everybody's opinion should be their own. And that's just really where I stand with it. Yeah, that was good. 
I uh, I strongly agree. You know, you can't lie. That's yeah, you can't. Like, that's that. obvious, like y'all said. Uh, I do props to him, especially him just coming out and admitting what we already knew. But the way yeah. he said it, marches to the beat of his own drum. He does. He's gonna do what he truly believes in. He's already made himself a living that he's gonna be fine with the rest of his life. And the fact that he's willing to stand by this and do what he believes in, to me, just you know, as a man and a person that's not going to let society affect him and media and how people, other people view him that at the end of the day don't matter. Uh, props to Aaron Rodgers. I thought it was awesome. And not just saying that because I'm not vaccinated and I don't stand by it like that. Like if, if Mississippi State made me show a vaccine card to go to Davis Wade, I'd get it. I don't, I don't care that much. I just haven't gotten it or, you know, what, no reasoning behind it. So I'm not just agreeing with him for that. I'm just agreeing with him the fact that he, was educated and stood by what he believed in. And like I said, the people that don't really matter at the end of the day, he's not going to let them affect him. So props to Aaron Rodgers and hell of a guy. Yeah. Hell of a guy and hell of an episode there on a uh, Pat Maxey. And I love that. I love that. There's well, last thing you will go to college football, whatever's next or USC actually, we can't forget about that. But uh, I love how there's outlets now for these guys to go when they don't have to stand up in front of the media and they can just go and relax and talk to a guy like Pat Maf- McAfee and, you know, his old teammate who's in there with him, with Pat McAfee on his show that, you know, Aaron Rodgers played so long with. I think it's great that there's those outlets now where they can get out and really sit down and be comfortable and tell the world what they mean. Whether or not he gets fined for that, he even said at the beginning he might. Um, but, I mean, who cares? He, he, he got a platform to where he can come down, sit down on his couch, where he's comfortable, have his notes out. He can really tell you how he felt. And that's good, I think, for the world and for football and for any any media. That's where there, there's good parts of media and bad. And I think that's where it's good. Uh, guys like Pat McAfee love his show. Um, hell of a guy. Um, and just just love that there's those outlets for guys to get their real true, you know, their true self out, you know, not having to be a puppet on stage, you know. Yeah, that that's a really good <laughs> point too. Yeah, I really don't like getting political. I I'm a political science major and politics are too much for me in 2021. So next up, we're going to talk about my hopes and dreams before we get into the underdogs taking over the weekend in the NFL. We're talking, about, we're talking about Odell Beckham Jr. Ain't happening. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably don't because I only have like 600 followers. But Big Odell guy. Big Odell guy and <laughs> even bigger Saints fan. Look. He just needs to come home. There's a fan that made a song after the Falcons game. It was just fantastic. I mean, I would play it right now, but I should ask that guy permission earlier this week. Odell, I mean, look, Trevor Simeon, it's hard. It's a tongue twister. He was really efficient in this game against the Falcons. He didn't look it, and the stats don't look it, but I – okay. They didn't catch the football. Guys, I was there in New Orleans this week. I ain't going to lie. And they didn't catch the football. I was there. They ca- they caught the football in the fourth quarter, and look what we did. We almost came back on the Dirty Birds. We almost did shout it. Out, shout out Z Dog. Shout out my boy Z. Shout out Kyler Johnson. Z sent me a really loving message after the Falcons beat the Saints, so that was great. But look, man, Odell comes. He's wide receiver one, and I don't think that Odell should come because Trevor Simeon is playing efficiently. I think that he should come because Sean Payton is one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. I truly believe that. And I'm just going to – I mean, he's – if you guys watched him when he was in New York, they centered that offense around him. That's why Eli was able to be so efficient while he was there and make his career longer. 
Sean Payton will do the same thing. We've got Kamara in the backfield, and y'all thought Michael Thomas was slant boy. Just wait until Odell comes. If he does, he's going to be slant boy 2.0, and he'll run the long routes and get bombed from old Simeon. But saw the news today. Pace was talking to me about it as well. Seahawks are his first option, and this is why – I mean, Odell, knowing Odell, Dude, I think it, that he's going to go there. Russell posted his video today with the doctor talking about he's coming back. But, look, Dude. this is what I'm saying. We get Jameis and Michael Thomas back next year. <laughs> We're going to be good. I think we have a very good yeah, shot at the playoffs this year. Who, Odell? Yeah. Well, we'll have cap space. Calm down. We're fine. We'll get some more. But, listen – this is why I don't think he should go to the Seahawks. Russell Wilson is already – well, D.K. Metcalf's better. I'm just going to say it. D.K. Metcalf is wide receiver one at Seattle, and he will remain wide receiver one, not only because he's a really good receiver, but because Russell Wilson is comfortable with him. He's been throwing to him for two or three years now, and that's just what it is. And that's why I think that what Odell will even be wide receiver three. Tyler Lockett's still going to be there. Tyler Lockett isn't the best, one of the best receivers in the league, but he is very efficient. And I think that comes with another bit of comfort to Russell where he's going to want to throw to him. Just depends if you're open. Baker wasn't throwing to him while he was open. We saw, we saw Odell's dad's video. Look, <laughs> I don't man, know if y'all did, but. I, yeah, for sure. I definitely did. But look, I'm going to go from where I stand on it real quick and shoot it off to Kohe, but. G's going to hate me for this. It's kind of where I stand. I get bashed for it in my other group messages as well with some people. But here I am trying to see is, is Odell the problem? Like, you know, I mean, I love the guy. He's the great talent and everything. I just don't know if I, – I, I honestly agree with you, G, that I think he'll be a better fit in New Orleans because he would be the number one guy. I just don't know if Odell's that teammate that can accept being the two or the three – and still coming to work every day, you know, with a smile on his face or with the attitude that he wants. I think this guy wants the ball. Every I would think the guy wants the ball the majority of the reps. Why needs to come to the dome? And and I honestly don't. Honestly, that's what I'm saying. I honestly don't know if if he'll if he'll work anywhere else. Just because, I mean, you know, later on, whenever you know they got the other weapons in New York, he started becoming a problem. He started getting mad, sideline things, a bunch of stuff went on in New York. He kind of he kind of filled his way out of there, and then. You know, with this, I mean, there is better ways to handle it. I think the dad posting the video was, you know, they had to do something about that. Right, that was a little league. I'm not, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not that, defending that, but yeah, no, I mean, no, no. I mean, the video showed what it showed, but I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, as a man, as a um, you know, as a man, as a person with that much money, that much power, you you have to handle that yourself internally. And if you can't, you ask for a trade internally, but that can't be the way it happens. I just think well, that kind of leaves a tarnish well, on Odell. I think that that was the problem. Is that I don't really think the problem was really with Baker. I think the problem was with the Browns front office because he asked for a trade in the offseason. Yeah, yeah. No, and no, no. they, See, I don't, I don't, they I don't just really know that. shed I mean, him I, away. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. I don't know. We'll see how that pans out. I don't really but, got much on that. I think he's going to Seattle. I think we're here tomorrow around 2 p.m. Uh, he's a new member of the Seattle Seahawks, and he'll be dude, in Green Bay stop. this week. He'll be in Green Bay this week battling it out against the Packers, you know, and – uh the little Lambo with Russell, maybe see what he got first week. I mean, I'm telling you, that's what's gonna happen. I mean, look, I said it here first. He'll be in a Seattle uniform, probably number 17 on his back, 18 on his back. He's gonna be in Seattle. He's gonna be playing with Russ. They're back, and they're gonna make a playoff push. Three receivers. Tap, tap. They might get Carson back. They get healthy. 
Russell Guys, Wilson's like, yeah, it's going to happen. He's from the 504. I know it's wrong. He's just home still there and everything was still going, he would go to Saints. But with that being said, that's why you saw his, his preferred choice was Seattle because he's got to be with that guy. He, he, he knows, dude. Listen, I love you, G. But he knows as well as me and you know. He probably ain't winning a Super Bowl with Trevor Simeon. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, look, uh, we are having a better a, chance with Russell. I just feel that's just my honest opinion. My opinion is we're having a better season in Seattle yeah, right yeah, now. They're, yeah, they're yeah, not no, even no, in no, the no, playoffs right have, now. Y'all, y'all do have a better defense and stuff, but I don't know. I just think that's how he sees it. I think he wants to be with that QB that he, you know, trusts and get him. Oh, know. yeah. I will. We'll he's he's going to go off of what he's seen before, and he's been watching Russell Wilson forever. But I yeah, did find they a, work out every offseason together, you know, in Miami. So, I mean, I did find a. I did find a little. I did find a little picture angle. Oh, you go ahead. You go ahead. I'm a little more. I'm a little more blunt. I'm a little more hostile, dude, on this podcast. Uh, like Pace said, he got bashed in some other group message. I got slammed in some in some group messages and Snapchats. My deal is you're making meals. Okay? Bubba's also a Baker fan. It's yeah, I am a Baker fan, and I'm not so much. It's more the dad posting the video, which you already said you didn't agree with. That's that's not even high school, junior high. And then the whole there could be issues if it's not a winning environment. Like, I hate to break it to Odell, but as a regular 22-year-old trying to become an adult, it's just not always green grass and butterflies when you wake up. It's just not. So the fact that he, like, openly makes that known, like, sometimes you just got to be a part of the grind and then you're going to shine. Like, and being from Louisiana, I feel like it would be a uh, – he would kind of see that a little bit. And I don't know. I just think he's turned into a bitch. And also, I know y'all saw the clip of – I don't know who the other Browns player was, but Odell was saying, I want a touchdown. Browns player kind of just looked at him confused. So he's like, I want to win. Yeah. Like, like, I'm trying to catch a dub. Like, if we if I don't turn up but we get to win, it's so much yeah, easier to He's just to too go, big of a distraction. Yeah, it's so much easier in a baseball standpoint. If you're going to go 0 for 4 with 4Ks and you're winning – yeah, it makes it easier, but at the same time, you got to be a part of that grind, and sometimes it's just like that. Sometimes you get punched in the mouth, and I don't know. The fact that I'm never for anyone that kind of wants to, you know, i got to go to a winning environment, especially, like, I don't know. I just feel like Odell hadn't been a part of the grind. Like, yeah, he was at the Giants, but he still shine. If he's – like, if he needs to shine, if he, he can't – he's probably not going to be able to just – like he said, he's going to Seahawks. I'm with G. Like, DK is going to be the one. Yeah. And I kind of think – I kind of lean into the statement, yeah, that – I just listened to y'all's debate when y'all were going on. I kind of agree with the statement. I don't know if he can accept being the two or three. And to go to a winning environment, as he said, more than likely he probably just ain't going to be able to come into an already established winning environment and be the one. Sean Payton's system is better than, than Seattle, no doubt. I mean, Sean Payton's one of the greatest coaches in the NFL. And my thing on it is this, look. This is the last thing I'll say. We can jump into USC. I'm ready. I'll, to do I'll that. say one more thing. Yeah, I got Sorry. one more thing too. You got one more thing after me, but here, I'm going to say this. If I'm a quarterback and as a receiver, if I just see your body language, you're dropping your head on me every time. When I got up, I know y'all saw the video. Baker got up, big first down, and Odell kind of looked at him crazy and backed up out of the way. I mean, honest to God, like me being the competitor I am and the kind of fiery, fiery attitude I have, if, if I see that you're, I don't know, man. If you're just complaining, it's, but I just say, like, if I see you in that situation always having your head down and stuff, I don't know if I want to give you the ball either. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that that's what it was because none of us know what's going on in that locker room, what's going on at all. But me being who I am, if I see you in that attitude, I don't want to give you the ball either. That's all I really got. Uh, 
this is fun because we disagree, which is always fun for this podcast. But <laughs> I uh, I saw that video and I think that's just a, a, a uber reach. I, he almost punched him in the face and he moved out the way. I think that I would have probably moved out the way and looked at him crazy too. I don't think that he wasn't – I mean, he re- – not that retweets or like – make you friends but every time baker would post a hype video he always retweeted it and showed him love i but no, i don't know that on the account that that's a good point i mean shit dude but, these papers guys i mean they're um, just doing anything they do is for clout and i hate that and i i know that y'all are a lot of y'all are saying well a lot of y'all are saying y'all both said y'all got drilled in group chats because odell's a problem but which I can see that, but I I see the other side too because look, it wasn't just Odell's dad that was liking the post. I think like almost all of the receiving core and the running backs from the Browns like the post of Odell's dad posting that. So it's obviously not just an Odell problem. He's just the only one that that's talking about it. And I mean, it was wrong. It was little league. It was he shouldn't have done it. And I agree a lot with what y'all are saying about him saying he wants to go winning environment when you're in the NFL and you're a star, and you're not getting what you want, you should go where you're going to get what you want, not where you're – Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I mean, but, you know, and, you know, it, it, I think – but like I heard somebody else say, this is good for both parties. Odell gets to be happy and move on, go somewhere else, and Baker and them come out this weekend with a damn great win, 41-16 over a good Bengals team. Uh, he was efficient, 10 for – I think he was 12 for 19, two touchdowns, 250 yards. I mean, so I think it's good for both sides. Baker gets to not worry about that anymore – and Odell gets to, you know, maybe go with somebody who cares about him a little more and give him a bigger shot. So that's all I got. Yeah. And I, I did see uh, – I'm sorry to keep talking about this, but I just want to talk about what I've seen. I saw something where the only person that the Browns front office told when Odell asked for a trade this summer – wow – was Baker. Like, that, he was the only person they told – I'm sure Jarvis Landry and his close friends on the team knew that he wanted to – wanted a trade in the offseason, but they told Baker, and I'm sure Baker being the emotional guy, leader he is, he was probably like, well, if this guy doesn't want to be a part of it, then watch this. And just didn't throw – I mean, didn't care to throw to him. But I do think that Odell acted like a kid in a lot of this, but he was willing to keep going to practice, keep suiting up, and keep playing even after that had happened which, in my opinion, shows a sliver of maturity. But, I mean, he is an immature guy. I mean, that is what it is. But I love to watch him play, and I love the energy he brings to the game. And I think he's (laughs) the stereotypical LSU receiver that plays with flair and speed, and I love it. So I hope he comes to New Orleans. All right. All right, next we're bringing in the UFC with the man himself, Jeefy, unreal card. I wish y'all could see him right now. He's throwing his bows, uppercuts. Just an absolute unreal card, UFC 268. Can't wait to get into it. What you got, G? Oh, my That's lordy. Energy. Huh? You got to have energy for the, for the for a night like that. That was, that was the yeah, best fight, I, mean, I think. That was, the be- that, was, that was the best money I've got worth so far of UFC. Yeah, not gonna lie, I found a place to stream it for free, but that's beside oh, no, the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not live. I'm gonna say I bought it, you know, for, for cloud or something. Oh know? yeah, oh I get it, I get it. I um, lose at the end of this, but I'm gonna let y'all drill. All right, man. Like Pay said, he brought me in really good. I gotta follow that introduction. 
it was an amazing card. Um, even the prelims were good. You had the big guy uh, spinning God. wheel kick Fucking knockout. He was like three. He's like three hundred pounds. Knocked knocked him out. I mean, that was amazing. God. I think Dana White said that he fights like a lightweight. He was very impressed. And then he hits the front flip celebration after. I don't know how he didn't hurt himself. 360. He should be on somebody's O-line. Literally. Jesus Um, Christ. And then uh, we have Ian Gary on the prelims as well, and a guy from Dublin, Ireland. I think he's going to be a real problem in the welterweight division later on. Probably give him like three or four years he's only 23 right now yeah yeah, but, yeah. He, dude he's he's a problem though he, he's, he's yeah ridiculous. and uh i i did tell these guys a little story about him just because i saw a video on him uh he was a conor mcgregor fan dropped out of school after his first year of college told his mom he wanted to start training mma and i thought he was crazy yeah his mom told him being the next conor mcgregor isn't a plan three years later almost to the day he gets his first UFC fight, and I mean that's just crazy to only fight MMA for three years, and then you're on a UFC prelim on the biggest card of the year. So that was insane. He gets the I think first round knockout at like a buzzer beater, ended it with like three seconds, and yeah. then we get to the main card in the first fight. If you like to watch people jack, this was Unreal. the one to watch: Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler, and. I love Michael Chandler, but Justin Gaethje is just a warrior, man. I mean, Michael yeah. Chandler's chin, you could see how good his chin was because he took so many uppercuts, but Justin Gaethje's different. Look, I, I don't care how many you take from that guy, you're going to lose at the end. I mean, no. I mean, I think, honestly, Chandler has one of the strongest chins in the game, and he can honestly wear he, – he's shown to prove that he can wear a lot. But you're not out. You're not outweighing. You're not outstaying Gaethje, man. I mean, the dude is just an animal. He attacks the whole fight. He's never on the back. He's never on his heels. He's full go, and man, he kicks ass. That's all. I, that's all I know is the dude kicks ass straight up. Yeah, I mean, I Justin Gaethje from the second that he uh, that he got knocked on. I mean, maybe like thirty seconds in, he was already just wearing him out. I think the only the win for Michael Chandler in this fight was him going to a decision. Because oh yeah, no doubt. He no doubt. he was I mean, he just that proved that pride. he was a warrior, yeah. But Justin Gaethje, man, he I think in my opinion, unless they give it to the Islam Makachev guy, I think that he's gonna he's gonna be the next fight for the you title. Can say it, I agree. Yeah, I Justin agree Gaethje should he lost to Khabib. He's not a wrestler. Khabib, yeah, Khabib. everybody Khabib. lost like, to Khabib. You can't beat Khabib just because of like when he, Khabib's about to lose, he's taking you to the ground and you lost. It's, I mean, it's that simple. Yeah. Like, Khabib's unbeatable in just the realms of how UFC is. I mean, Khabib's just not fair. If you can grapple like that, I mean, whenever shit starts going bad standing up, hell, I'll take you down and you have no chance. So, the Khabib one's really uh, a, yeah. a, a lost cause for me and Gaethje, dude. He, he's the man to beat. He, I think he's the best in his division. I ain't going to lie to y'all. I don't like Khabib because I'm a Connor fan, but Khabib's yeah, a weak. Khabib's weak sauce for uh look I like Connor too I like all of them but I I just I'm just I don't really have a guy so I think that's better for me my guy's actually John Jones and the son of a bitch hell I don't know when he'll ever be back if he ever is back he's just tweet guy now and every UFC night uh he knows what he's talking about John Jones is my guy uh but I'm a big fan a really big fan of uh of Usman so I know I'm gonna let G get into that fight coming well, up here in a little bit, but we, dude, can't forget about the girl fight, man. The no, yeah, 
Rose and and uh and Wei Lee. That was just a really good fight. But I did want to say just about Khabib, just real quick, because I want to get it yeah, out of here. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. For when we talk about UFC later, I think he's weak sauce for not rematching any anybody that he defended the title against. I mean, because, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, dude. I mean, and that's everybody's I, argument. I mean, uh, I, I I personally don't agree to take that route, but I mean, if you're a guy like that. You know, you have all your money. You have the choice to go out on your high horse undefeated and, or, you know, not losing to anybody really. And, I mean, he just took that route. I don't agree with it. I mean, it is what it is. He kind of – I mean, I hate to say this, but it kind of made it easier, you know, with his dad passing away as trainer. It kind of made it an easier way out for him. I feel yeah. Like. Uh, but just still, I agree with you actually on that. I do kind of feel like he should have gave those people – you know, everybody wants their rematch after they yeah, lose. But so I, I feel like that's what you honor people once you go in the octagon with them for that amount of time. Yeah, especially in that division. I think that, I mean, Khabib, probably one of the most talented lightweights of all time. That's not up to discussion, okay. um, if not the best. But I think that he kind of knew. I think that the lightweight division right now is the best it'll it's ever been and probably ever will be. And he knew that a rematch against, I mean, you're fighting Gaethje, Poirier, Connor. I mean, you're gonna drop one. It's, it's the fight game. You can lose any yeah, yeah, at yeah. any you're moment. Lose one of those. But I mean, yeah. like I said, he he chose that high horse of going out. Being yeah, and he's guys. smart. And now he's and a great he, coach. I mean, he, he's going. Yeah, great. He lost his dad as coach, and he's going out on the high horse of being hell. Nobody beat me. So yeah. you know, I love all the guys. So I'm gonna give him his credit, yeah, got, which I do. Oh. Like I said, I do agree with you 100 percent that me being me, I think I give everybody the rematch. But like I said, I feel like I hate to say this rest in peace to his father and everything but with kind of that being his trainer and his dad passing away from COVID you yeah know, you know, I feel like that was his way out and that was an easy way out not an easy way out for him but a reliable excuse of kind of getting out going out on his high horse and doing what he did so yeah always had that money you know just because he's Khabib but yeah you got to give him his flowers I mean he's hey, he's great so I, I mean I ain't late to get to this Thug Rose fight yeah. Okay. Let's talk about God, it. I can't so, Wei Lee and Thug Rose. And look, I ain't gonna lie. I picked Wei Lee. I think that she's a phenomenal fighter. But I think in that women's strawweight division, that Wei Lee and Rose are the only two is the only fight that makes sense. There's nobody even <laughs> close to to either of them, in my opinion. Uh, sorry, guys. Pace is a little sick. He's coughing Man, up a yeah, storm. I'm, over. I'm hanging in there though. Um, but yeah, I mean Rose gets beat, gets wobbled in, I think, round three. Then she loses round four. All right, so we took a brief intermission, but now we're going to hop into the co-main, which was Thug Rose and Wei Li. Pei said he's been wanting to talk about this one a lot. Yeah! I picked Way Lee. Oh, money. okay, okay, okay. Good plus money. Well, I'll get to it. Go ahead. I did pick Way Lee. I thought that she was going to avenge herself because her big thing was she didn't think that Rhodes could beat her in a five-round war, but she beat her in the, like, 20 seconds that she fought her because she hit her with a kick that she wasn't ready for. And, look, Thug Rhodes just proved that she is, she is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer in the UFC. She lost – probably the second and third round um, or maybe third and fourth, second and fourth, whatever. Um, and she comes in the fifth round, championship round, and she proved that she was a champion. She got Whaley on the ground and just kept her there, didn't let her up. 
Um, and I think if Whaley did get up, it would have been a different story, but that's, that's what champions are made of going to that fifth round and finding a way to win. And, and Rose did it. It's not as fun for me as a fan, just because I love to watch them stand up and Jack, but it's part of the game and it gets a lot of points when you take somebody down and Rose, Rose proved herself a, a good champion in that co-main. So Pace, go ahead and hit it. Doug Rose, baby. Look, uh, absolutely, Lou. Look, dude, earlier in the day, I'm thinking Zang, Zang's going to win. I mean, I, I honest to God, like my first pick was Zang. I get to looking at it. I just couldn't go against the champ. I went with my gut when I put my place, my wager, and I went with Doug Rose. And just what an incredible fight. I mean, just added to the card. But anyway, Doug Rose, I mean, great fight. The fight was great the whole time. It went by decision, split decision at that. Um, I, I loved it. It, it, it. That was the only one I was worried about on my card. I knew Usman was going to win, which, I mean, it could have gone either way. But uh, I kind of – Najee Harris touchdown, baby. Let's go. But I knew Thug Rose. I had a feeling that was the only one I was kind of iffy about on my card. There's another one from Dalton Cohey. But I knew Thug Rose was going to pull through for me. She's the champ. She's still the champ. And that's not really all I got. Next one I know you're ready to go to, G. All right, next All we're right, going to talk Usman about. Covington. Let's do it. Usman versus Trump Jr. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's talk about the main event. Bruce Buffer gives me chills every time. He got cut off in an NFL game last night. Y'all catch that? Uh-uh. He got to announce Rams game. He was he was in, are you ready? Fucking Titans kicked it off, cut him off mid-sentence. <laughs> kicked it out the back end zone. He cut himself off. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. That's funny. Anyways, we oh got God. Usman and Covington, too. Look, guys, I'm just going to say it. There there might only be one other guy that can give Usman a run for his money, but I think that Colby is the guy. And I know nobody's going to want to see a third fight just because Usman's 2-0 and against him. You know, you can't really call it a rivalry when you're down. Yeah, Colby had to get that one for the trilogy. Yeah. But, look, man, Colby proved to me at least, I don't know about – to pace or, or anyone else, but he proved to me that he's one of the he is one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world right now. I mean, when's the last time that you saw somebody go to a decision with Usman that was not just completely dominated? Like when Usman first got in the UFC, he would go to decision just to see how how higher he could how much higher he could score than his opponent. He would just pick him apart and then go to decision and you know, in the second round when Usman had him, he hit him with one big shot, and I thought Colby was done. And, uh, you know, he can't complain about the early stoppage this time. He he wrestled him to the ground – or wrestled him, then he got back up. And, you know, he wobbled Usman quite a few times in that fight. And I am a little upset at the UFC statisticians because they're making Usman this overpowering mammoth, which he is, but – there was definitely two takedowns in that fight. And yeah. and I, I don't understand what him having a hundred percent takedown defense is over like 90, 95 or whatever it would be. Like he's still Usman and he's still gonna be one of the greatest welterweights if he doesn't have that one hundred percentage thing. So he was extremely fun to watch. Uh Colby put on a show as well. And you know, me and Bubba especially, we watched uh watched WWE growing up and you know, I know a bunch of people hate Colby, but they don't understand that he's just being a heel. Like, it's like professional wrestling. He's just – he made a character. 
that people don't like because the UFC told him, look, we're going to cut you after your next fight. So he starts acting crazy and uh, whatnot to try and get some more views on his fights, and it worked. And he proves that he's a good fighter. And I would love to see a third fight, not only between Usman and Covington, but uh, Rose and, and Wei Lee as well. But since it's 2-0, it's – well, actually, Wei Lee and Rose is probably uh, doable just because that, that straw weight yeah. division yeah, isn't, no isn't full. But all right, it was a fun fight. Yeah, no doubt. And me jumping into it, I'm going to go ahead and be honest with y'all. I'm not a Kobe Covington fan at all. Um, but like Joe G said, I've ga- I gained a lot of respect for him this weekend, not only because of the fight, but also just because of like me watching some videos on YouTube of him. Like G said, man, I, I really wasn't big on WWE. I never have been. Um, just not, something I never really got into. But um, like you said, man, it's just all a heel. Like hearing who this guy really is, he's a great guy. Uh, he means nothing but the best, but just he puts on this stunt for, like you said, clout. And clout is the name of the game. Nowadays, it's where all the money's at. If you can if you, if you, you can raise somebody's eyebrow and you can create some clout, you'll create yourself some money. And that's just how today's generation is and how it's going to be, you know, going forward with social media, how it is. But get back to the fight. I'm a huge Kamara Usman fan, but this guy, Kobe Covington, I mean, he's pound for pound the second best fighter. Has to be. I mean, it, nobody else. Me and G talked about it a little bit earlier in the week. I think Kamara Usman's the best, probably the best to ever do it. I mean, I know they still got, you know, a couple, you know, a couple guys ahead of him. Uh, but Saint Pierre, yeah, Saint Pierre. He he he's probably still got to be up there. But man, this guy Kamara Usman, he's a couple fights away from legit. I think one more and he breaks the record. He tied it this weekend. One more he breaks the record you know, for the most consecutive wins in a row. And he's not fighting those slouches. I mean, nobody can throw hands with this guy. And one, you're one punch away from your jaw being broke or your face being reconstructed. And it's tough. And for Kobe Covington to be able to stay in the ring with this guy for, you know, for five rounds is just unbelievable. I, I, I honestly thought the fight was over, I think, in the second round when Kamara Usman just absolutely dropped him three times on three separate left – two left hooks and a right hook. Uh, or I think a, a, a left uppercut, a left hook, and a right hook. Um, I thought the fight was over. I mean, I immediately thought he was going to knock him out the next round, but this guy, Colby, over and over and over shows that he's not going out without a fight. He's got to be the second best pound-for-pound fighter in the game, like G said, and you got to give – no matter that, – that, that's me, though. That's where I try to be, especially on the podcast, especially talking about sports. you got to give those everybody their credit. Yeah. You know, when somebody goes out there, no matter how much you like them or hate them and does what he does, you got to give them the most utmost credit in the world. Because, I mean, like Jesus said, nobody else is doing that with Usman. And that's actually twice. That's yeah. two times, you know, that Kobe stood his damn ground for five rounds. Or, well, you know. Yeah, it was five rounds. Broke, but I mean, yeah. unbelievable. I mean, the dude got his jaw broke. And he he's, he's fought ten rounds with Usman. And I love, real quick, and I'm done. We can move on to college football if Kobe, unless Kobe has something. But I love that. Those two guys hate each other, rather for the stuff they say off the floor, off the out of the octagon, or their beliefs, you know. Um, but those guys hate each other, and for them, what Usman said really kind of hit home, you know. When you spend an hour in that cage with somebody fighting, you know, fighting for your life, trying to kill the other person, literally, like that's the only sport that's like that. And you know, you have to have that mutual respect when it's over because you just went an hour fighting. You know, I'm, I'm an unbelievable fight. You got to give the guy the credit when it's all said and done. Yeah, you got to. And 
As far as I think GSP is to go to the welterweight, but I think Usman has a chance to catch him. But I like something with some stats earlier, so I just wanted to say it because this is just in perspective for people who, I mean, are my age or younger that didn't get to watch St. Pierre in his heyday. Yeah, you know, did. we got to watch the flashbacks. I still watch a lot of his fights, like just looking back now. But yeah, he's the goat right now, no doubt. He's got to be surpassed. He's got nine title defenses to Usman's five. He's got eight unique opponents during title reign, which is like a different, like different yeah, styles. Yeah, Usman's got one victories over UFC champs, six to two rounds fought, sixty-two to forty-eight. That one doesn't really matter. Strikes resort doesn't matter. But he's also got his opponents have a combined record of 438 to 80, where Usman's got 281 to 70, which none of those bottom numbers matter. What matters is the title defenses and victories over UFC world champs for me. But, man, it you know, I would love to see prime GSP and Usman fight. That would be a fun one to watch. Oh, dude. I mean, what that, that's the thing. I wish we could see LeBron versus Jordan. Yeah, all that see, stuff, yeah. Jerry Rice versus – you know, I just wish we could see all these matchups. We'll never get to, but yeah. it's just fun being able to talk about those things. Because, like you said, we'll never know who's truly greater because we we'll never see them get to compete against each other. Exactly. But we have stats to try to go against each other, and I, I'm on board with you. GSP is the best right now. Usman still got some ground to gain, but honestly, it, like me and you talked about, I don't think I think that ground's going to be gained. I think he's going to be the best fighter when it's all said and done. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. He's still the Nigerian nightmare. Is still, uh. Still on mission. Bubba, go ahead. All right. I got three things I had to let y'all weigh in. I first had two, but I just had to throw another one in there. All right. Uh, LeBron, Jordan, St. Pierre versus Usman. I wish we could have Cena Flair for number yeah. 17. For hey, number 17. For number hey, come 17. Come on, G. No, I just I, wish we could see it. Y'all know I'm a I'm a Flair homebody just because of who my father is. But. Yeah, yeah no doubt. And but yeah, two, that would be fun. That would be fun. WWE related number two. I'm absolutely heart crushed that Pace never got into it. I hate it. That that really hurt my. That hurt me just because I know I Pace is a character. I know he would have enjoyed it I if would. he would have got in as a young child. You got to get in. That's early. what it is, man. I I was trying to get into it too late when Cody was trying to talk me into oh, it. And I was like fake, man. I mean, <laughs> fucking see. Hey, whoa. I mean, I, don't, I mean, yeah. you know, it ain't fake. I mean. You know, but it, I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, once you're older, like you said, that's got to be a thing you jump into as a kid. Yeah, and for sure. Once you jump into it as a kid, you never see it as being fake. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. Since you were a kid when you didn't know any better. Like, yeah. You know well, you know like, yeah, I still watch it now because I got into it as a kid, and yeah. I still remember, like, the moment. So when I see a moment yeah, like yeah. that, like, replicated, it's like, oh, okay. So it makes me feel like a kid. But, yeah, you got to get into it as a kid for sure. Now, my number three – <laughs> I gave out my picks for UFC. We're gonna jump into this next segment. I just want to give it as my. I don't. I don't ever. I don't, Cody. I don't have excuses. I have reasons. All right, All right. let's hear it. And due to a three o'clock college football game that was played Saturday, I got. Uh, how do I put it? On a. You got hammered. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he I got hammered. The guy got out. hammered. That's the only way I'm gonna put it. Uh, it, it it's got an ebus. I got. I got an unresponsibly amount drunk. They got an ebus out of it. I'm gonna be dead honest with you boys. I don't remember a single fight. Didn't make it to fucking top five fights. It's all right. Look, it's part of a big loss like that. I know how it is, man. I was sick as a dog after that two thirty Texas A&M game in College Station. But look, he didn't get to see fights. But we're gonna let this guy right here jump into college football. 
to get us kicked off right here. We're going to let him go ahead and go with his game that he needs to get off his chest. We got to let him do it. All right, I'll be advised. I'll be advised. Arkansas fans, cut it off for about a minute and a half, two minutes. All right. Watch the – hold on. Hold no, on. Goes, Before we get into this. No, we're not clipping any of this. I like this little – It's fine. It's late, it's late in the episode. It ain't gonna, if they hear it now, it's fine. Come on. I needed to hold on from G there. He's not going to clip this out. You heard it. G gives me about, I'd say, six to eight F-bombs a show, maybe if that. Look, it's going to be many, a quick no, 45 no, no, seconds no, no. a minute. How many have I used? Zero. I'll stay on the I'll stay on the segment. Now, I've used one or two, I know for a fact. I don't know. Look, all I'm gonna say You give me my number. How many have I used? You you can make it up. I don't care. Just listen. I don't care how many you've used, and I don't care how many you do use. Just don't use consecutive bad words. Just right. and if it if there are consecutive bad words, I mean I have I have some relatives that listen to this, all right? If you got That's three fine. more, he'll spread them out. Most of your relatives are state fans, they get it. Well, maybe. No, they don't. Love, they don't I love you, my mate. Love you. Love all y'all. So we're going to just let it just go. It's I'm, fine. I'll just cut whatever yeah, out. Just let yeah, it. Yeah, just let it go. Serious. Block my mate from Spotify. <laughs> Block my mate from Apple. Do what you got to do. I'm going to start by coming at my own team. All right. I'm never, I'm never going to just act like my team's holy. There are some state fans like this. I said earlier in my own kitchen. State fans are the worst. Uh, still kind of ridiculing Leach and thinking this of him and the absolute surgeon Will Rogers and the uh, the kicking situation and start with Miss. Gee, I wish you didn't hate State, bro. There's there's an issue going on. It's obvious, dude. Uh, if they would have if they would have gave me some some scholarship coin, I would have definitely went and kicked. I don't care who it was for. And all you had to do was show up Sunday. <laughs> You showed up Sunday, you got a damn Krispy Kreme donut and a three kicks from the 40 and see what you got. <laughs> but that's not why I'm here. All right? If you can't kick, you can't kick. I do agree with Leach and his hilarious quote about kicking. You, I think you got it or you don't, and it's not it, – it is hard for coaches, in my opinion, because I think – and Jesus, Jesus was a kicker, and he can correct me if I'm wrong. I do want to hear what he says after the statement. I feel like kicking's almost – not necessarily like pitching, but you're either a gamer or you're not. Like, you either got it in the game. A lot of people can throw strikes or kick field goals when they're just doing it with the boys or they're just doing it for practice, doing it. But I feel like some guys just can't do it under the lights. They can't do it in the game time. And before I go in my actual spill, gee, is that is that a thing? Or what? what's up with kickers? Kickers get a lot of bad. I'll agree with you in that it is like pitching, but I don't think it's like pitching like – you're either locked in or you're not. It's you're either on or you're off. You got your stuff for some guys like Justin Tucker. He's who's who's like one of the best closers. No, he's, Cy he's Young. the goat. Yeah, like yeah, literally like he is Cy Young. Justin Tucker is the best ever to kick yeah. a field goal. But like you look at other guys, and look, I've heard from coaches throughout my short tenure as a kicker, but I was pretty good even though it was short. Um, oh, you only got one job. I hear fans say that all the time. Oh, you only got one job. I promise the kickers are not trying to miss the field goals. Yeah. But it is missing as many as the guy from state did miss, and some of them being chip shots, if I'm not correct. I didn't get to watch oh, it because I was on the way to New Orleans. That's just 
He he missed two. Freshman missed one. Leach put chip in shots. for game time. So, but Ruiz the chip twenty six yard chip shot okay. and he missed yes. a okay. A twenty six. That was dead straight. Twenty six and forty six. The forty six, I can understand. Yeah, I didn't see the kicks. I don't know if it was just completely off or did he just barely miss it. He just, I mean, he missed them. They didn't have chances. Okay. I don't. I would have thought that it would have had a chance, but the twenty-six yarder—that's from the sixteen-yard line, in my opinion. That's that's buckets for me every time. It doesn't matter what hash if I'm down the center. Six, I think anything under thirty yards, unless it's a bad hold, should be made. But once you get into that forty, fifty-yard range, I can see some misses, especially with hash marks. Yeah, I think you're either on or you're off. And Ruiz has—he uh, was extremely off. And yeah, I'm not so, gonna say the freshman was off. He only missed one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it was game time. He's nervous. He's yeah, nervous. yeah. He is what he is. So enough with the kicking clinic. Uh, Will Rogers started off slow. I think he played a good second half. Uh, you know, enough with Mississippi State. No one, no one hardly cares about listening to Mississippi State football. Just me and the other fans. But now. We got to get into what I need to get into and get off my chest. And I hate – I understand you can't leave it up to one play in the game. Uh, coming into this week, coming into the last three or four weeks, we've known SEC officiating is shitty. We've known that as all 14 SEC teams. It's not just Mississippi State, so don't play that card, State fans. Don't try and say we yeah. always get this and that. SEC officiating sucks. So – do your best to not leave it up to them one play. Well, Mississippi State found themselves in a ball game where it was one play. It was coming down the last few minutes. It was a hard-fought game on the road. Not even a fun game. Shitty football game, period. Arkansas yeah. State fans, not a good football game. Had your moments, yes, here and there. But being 2021, I just didn't know they stacked bitches as high as 6'3", 230. And Traylon Burks – this is where I'll use one. Fuck Traylon Burks. All right. He's a flopping. There's a word in between those cuss words right there, G. He's a flopping fuck. One more time. Words in between. He didn't trip. No, he didn't. He didn't trip. The best, best SEC receiver. Some people call him that physical, this and that. No, he didn't trip. He didn't fall. He didn't get pushed. No, he flopped. He flopped. He knew he had to make a play. The game was over. That's what it was. Got shoved out of bounds earlier and knew he didn't want the smoke over there. Traylon Burks is not shit. Uh, Sam Pittman needs to uh, – all of me, he needs to do a lot. Yeah, he, he's going to have to do a lot. He needs a uh, – like a soft eats maybe, like a soft eats plan, diet plan, something. Uh, coached 30-something years, didn't get a head coaching job, just got it. He fits Arkansas. Uh he, he triple stacks his paper plate because he exceeds the weight limit at Thanksgiving on his paper plate. Uh, the guy, the guys of Arkansas, I never knew it. I really, I swear to God, I never knew that Arkansas was that shitty of a fan base. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's baseball weighing over and the whole battle of stadiums and the whole, uh, Dropped a fly ball in the Bermuda Triangle that year and lost the College World Series. I don't know if it's that. I don't, I don't know what it is. But the last one I'll use, I know Traylon Burks is a fucking flopping bastard. I know that. And that ball game was over, and I hate to leave it to one play. But 
that I it was ridiculous. It was a little jam, sure, maybe a little contact. You just got to know the moment as an official. And like I said, we knew this coming into it, so I'm not using that as an excuse. Don't get it twisted. But just know the moment, and just, I can't. I honest to God, I couldn't believe it. I, you know, when you're so pissed off and you smile and you kind of just laugh and do what you can, and you realize a six pack's gone in 15 minutes. That's what happened. And state lost, and state's five and four. And by God, they're good at one thing. And I swear to God, they're the best five and four team in the country. Yeah. Hey, look, got no of that ran. I know GN got nothing about state. Before we get into our big question of the night that we'll kind of elaborate on, I'm gonna go into my team. Uh look, tough game against LSU this weekend. Wasn't expecting that whatsoever. Um, but me being unbiased, I know I'm on Twitter, I'm a troll. I'm always going to ride for my team. I'm always going to believe that we're going to win. Like, hell, I know it's very unlikely. I know we're going to be probably 10-point underdogs, but I'm going to believe that we're going to beat Georgia until – or, hell, all, we got to beat Auburn first. But I'm going to believe we're going to win every game until the very end just because of the fan I am, and that's just kind of the person I am. But with that being said, me being completely unbiased. Um, but getting to this, I do think that – I don't really know that there's – I do think Alabama deserves it. I, I, I want, as a fan, Alabama to drop tomorrow. Just because of the simple fact of I want I want us to I – I think we need a wake-up call. I think we need to realize that this shit ain't – this isn't Alabama football. Like Nick Saban said today, you know, win's a win. We get everybody's best game. I know that. As a fan, I know we get everybody's best, no matter who the opponent is, just because we have that – target on our back, you know, being who we are. But that's not an excuse. We got to come out and play Alabama football every week, and we haven't done that one time this year, I don't think, um, besides maybe the Ole Miss game. That was our most complete game. And I think that's because we felt like we had something to prove, you know. But still, I, I don't know, like G's going to get into later. I think I think we honestly – I mean, I'm never going to say it. I think we're going to beat Georgia. But realistically, I think Sugar Bowl is a good spot for us. We'll get into that later. But – it's been tough, and, and we're young. We're very young, and I know this is one of those years that we lose at the end, and everybody says the dynasty's over and we'll be right back next year for a natty, but this is the Alabama team that I'm used to. The offense was bad Saturday. Um, defense actually stepped up, but, I mean, what is that really saying against the LSU team, which who knows, but that's really all I got. And, gee, I want you next to bring us in to, you know, the big discussion of college football tonight and really elaborate on um, – on these three bowl games that we want to talk about tonight. All right. So uh, let me get to this so I get the – I'll make sure I got everything right. So we got a question from uh, Paxton Pearson, and he asks us, who plays in the Sugar Bowl, Peach Bowl, and Outback Bowl? And so for those of you who don't know, the Sugar Bowl always consists of an SEC and Big 12 team the Peach Bowl always consists of an SEC team and an ACC team, and the Outback Bowl always with a Big Ten team and an SEC team. So, obviously, you see the recurring uh, pattern in that. There's always an SEC team. So, I'm going to let these two guys or I'll start whatever they want to do yeah, with uh, our predictions for those bowl games, which obviously will probably come into play with our um, – our playoff rankings and stuff like that or predictions or whoever we think is going to get in. But um, I'll let those two guys go into it, and we're just going to discuss it a little bit. So, Pace, you can start us off if you want. Yeah, we so we can start with the – or you want to uh, start bowl by bowl? Yeah, I'll start bowl by bowl and let everybody talk about each bowl. 
Okay, well, let's just do Sugar Bowl first then. So. We're just going to do the three. Yeah, we're just going to do the top three, then we'll be done. Okay. So, Sugar Bowl, uh, me being, like I said, unbiased again. G brought it up earlier. I'll go ahead and be the first to bring it up. I honestly do think it's going to be Alabama because, you know, that is the first SEC team that um, loses out of the SEC. So, I think uh, – which if it'll be somebody dropped down, probably A&M or Ole Miss, whoever wins that key game this week, that'll be who it is if um, if Alabama happens to beat Georgia. But mm-hmm. if Alabama doesn't beat Georgia, it'll be Alabama in that Sugar Bowl. If they do beat Georgia, obviously Georgia's still getting into the playoff. No matter loss to Alabama or what, they're going to get in regardless. just depends on the seed, whether a win or loss. Um, they're a lot – they're the only main lot – they're the only number one lot for the playoff, actually. Um, but with that being said – I think this is going to be Alabama, and I honestly, I honestly think Oklahoma is going to make the playoff and beat Oklahoma State in that Big 12 championship. So I'm actually going to say this is going to be an Alabama versus Oklahoma State matchup. Uh, that's what I'm going to go ahead and predict. Now I hate. I mean, like I said, I like I said, y'all know I think Alabama is going to win until the last second. But this is just me being completely unbiased, going by what I've seen so far this year. And I'm just going to rock with what I think right now, and I think it's going to be Alabama versus Oklahoma State in that Sugar Bowl. Yeah, and I hate to do this on questions, but that's the that's the play. And I'm a lot more stronger with it than him. I'm firmly believing that the quote I've been saying to anyone hitting me up about college football or asking opinions, there's there's one good football team in college football this year. Great, and I, and I, well, I just I agree strongly just because the way the season's planned out, there's a really, really good football team, and that's Georgia. Yeah. And I just don't think Bama's going to be able to beat them. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to come. I don't think anyone's going to come close. I think they're going to have the biggest winning margin in uh, maybe college football history. I don't know that stat. But I'm going Bama and Oklahoma State as well, just because on the flip side of it, uh, in the Big 12, I stand firmly, as I tweeted today as well, I think Caleb Williams could be the Heisman, and I think Caleb Williams is a real deal. Put 20 on him today. And I think Oklahoma's finding their stroke a little bit better. And, you know, at first I think they had a beautiful path to playoff with Baylor being Baylor, and Baylor drops, you know, loses this past weekend. So now the strength of schedule, this and that, all the other bullshit's going to play in, but I still think Oklahoma gets it done, gets to the playoffs, and Oklahoma State's who's who's left for Bama to face in that bowl. Which Bama probably might lose to because they don't give a fuck about those balls, but we'll talk about that later. I agree with both y'all. I think the sugar is going to be Bama and Oklahoma State. I hope that Oklahoma's in it just because I don't think that they deserve to be in the playoff because they are not a good football team. Um, and I will stand by that until the end of the year when they get 45 piece by Georgia. Yeah, I wish they will. They'll um, probably even get beat that too. I don't know. It depends on. It might be them, but if I mean, they play an SEC, it might be a Cody talking about yesterday. I think the two through four games don't. I mean, the two through two three game might be the only close one the whole time. What Georgia's going to blow out the first game, and then I don't think anybody in that championship gives them a run for their money at all. And this is where the difference in conference comes in because I think if Oklahoma does – let's say they drop one game and get out of the playoff, they play Bama in that Sugar Bowl, they're going to get beat the same way, like a drum. I mean, in my opinion, and that Bama, is, and that's not even a Bama. Good, I still like, don't this think Bama's good in bowl games. I mean, we're zero and two in my lifetime in bowl games like that. So honestly, well, I ain't gonna bet my money on Bama in that bowl game just because of like, which is horrible. It's horrible that that it's gotten that way. Honestly, I hate it that because I don't know what we're gonna do after Saban. Because 
I mean, we can find a good coach. We're obviously going to give whoever that is a blank check after Saban's probably got six or seven more years, Lord willing. But, I mean, it's not ever going to be like this again to where, you know, where, I mean, a Sugar Bowl for any team's awesome. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if Ole Miss were to make the Sugar Bowl this year, Texas, and I'm like, it's a great yeah. it's a great bowl game. Like, you're, it is. You're, 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 the, you're the first best team that didn't make the playoffs. There's another one from Don Cody. But you're the first best team that didn't make the playoff, you know, being that SEC team. So, I mean, that's a good bowl, but I just hate that it's gotten to the point where not that Nick Staven doesn't care because he wants to win the game. He's going to prepare the same way. But And yeah. I hate to say that, which that might not even be the case, but you can obviously tell with even with other SEC teams, like that's always the SEC game that they slip up, whether it's Auburn, Alabama, whoever it may be. I just feel like, yeah, I just feel like they don't – I feel like it, it – in the SEC, like you said, the slogan is it means more. And I think in the SEC, you know, if you don't come out and make those playoffs and it really wasn't – it wasn't just that great of a season, especially if you're a top dog in the SEC, you know, who has been in the past. Pace, that was a really good rant, and I appreciate every bit of it. But I think even a Bama team that doesn't care will still beat Oklahoma. But <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, re- like, that's really very, my very opinion. Possibility. And I was just putting my two cents No, yeah, I'll, I'm glad that you said that because – that's an unbiased thing for you to say. So I appreciate it for sure. Bubba, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's uh so I think the bottom half of the SEC that makes bowl games, like the states, the more recent Ole Miss, I know Ole Miss had the sugar bowl when they had it, but like the you know, when state and Ole Miss, I'm just gonna use us for example, because we have two fans here. When we're seven and five or eight and four and we get not a great bowl game, you know, those guys take advantage of that last bowl. But when you're the top dogs, and, you know, you get a New Year's Six or you barely miss the bowl or whatever. It's like, I mean, these guys commit to these big-time SC schools. They're committing to the playoffs, to be honest, in my eyes, especially Bama. If you're committing to Bama, you're – You're going one time in your career for sure. Yeah, you're coming to the school with your rings. And it's almost like when these teams beat the higher-up SEC teams, like the 10-2 and Auburns or the 10-2 and A&M or whatever it may be, they uh, – they, uh, I feel like the – you know, the ACC defeats them or the Big 12 or whatever it may be, they beat them, and that's when they try to play this card about, you know, maybe we could hang with the SEC, this and that. And the best comparison I got for it, it's like when you say if if a high school team is really good, okay, they win state, then their summer ball team has seven of the 30 on the roster and you beat them, it's not the same deal. Yeah. These players just – they realize that, Okay, this is the last game. Now, the seniors, now the seniors may go, you know, they may try and go fed, but to be honest, nowadays it's gotten where they're like, you know what, this bowl game means nothing. I'm not even going to play in it. I'm going to go yeah. to the combine. I'm going to do my thing. And it's just – it's really pointless for the SEC, and I do feel like it's almost like the non, the non-SEC non conferences play it as a Super Bowl-type deal, as yeah. non-conference regular season seems to be for the SEC. And too. the best thing – the best example I can give to that, and I'm going to let G move on to the next bowl next, but – the best quick example I can give to that is the whole Texas were back after they beat Georgia that year. Well, guess what Georgia had just come off of? A heartbreaking loss to Alabama where they were up the whole game in the SC championship with a, uh, a chance for a berth at the college football playoff, and you lose that game. And then after that, you have four or five guys opt out, four or five of your big players, you know, opt out. It means nothing anymore. And it, it, it sucks because how it is, but that's just the that's just the name of the game. That's how I feel like it is. So I'm gonna let G get into that next bowl next. So next we got the Peach and Outback Bowl. And I'm just gonna go ahead and give you all four SEC teams that are in my opinion in the running for the Peach and Outback because I, I'm not sold on any four of them that yeah, I think we are gonna talk go. About these two balls together. 
Um, <coughs> for those those four teams are Ole Miss, Kentucky, Auburn, and A and M. And I think it just depends on how the rest of the season shakes out for those guys. To be honest, um, Auburn obviously beat Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss has got A and M this week, and so if Ole Miss beats A and M, that could help them out season wise. And then Kentucky, obviously, playing in a weak West, uh, they've lost weak East. three. Or well, yeah, sorry, sorry, weak East, and uh, they lost already to State Tennessee. I just want to say that I did call that that they were going to lose to Tennessee. Um, I said that Kentucky's been frauds this whole time. And when we played Tennessee, I was like, well, if they keep that quarterback in, they might have a shot to be decent. And then they beat Kentucky. So I got a Kentucky fan that's a friend. So I've been. Yeah, no doubt. And I honestly, uh, I think, I think those four teams too. I think whoever wins that Texas A&M Ole Miss game this week, barring a big loss the rest of the way, will be in that second bowl. Which one is it? The second? No. Uh, Peach and Outback. But I also think. If we're going to go with Alabama losing, and I'm guessing that's going to be to Auburn, I think Auburn's probably going to get one of those spots just because. Oh, yeah, yeah, Auburn. no doubt, no doubt. Uh, so, yeah, I think those four teams, you know, Auburn, Ole Miss, LH, I mean, A&M and Kentucky. Kentucky obviously being the lower one with the less chance, I think, to make it. But um, I really don't have much for that as far as that goes. Who's the peach against? I'll give my take. For the, the the peach is the ACC, and I got Wake uh, Forest. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. So the ACC, I'm actually, I'm actually gonna go out on a limb here, and I, actually, I think I, Wake Forest. But then again, I mean, I mean, does NC State play Wake Forest? I'll say I'm gonna. I, I'm I think I'm about to go NC State just because of man that high line. They have a great offense, a good enough defense, and Wake Forest kind of let me. I mean, they have a great offense, but you see this week how just horrific that defense is for Wake Forest. I mean, and you have Pitt over that was an actually shootout. Yeah, and you have Pitt with Kenny Pickett, who's a top, you know, they think five to ten draft picks. So, I mean, yeah, it could be – the ACC's up for grabs for me, definitely not Clemson. But I firmly believe that whoever comes out of the ACC will lose to, you know, the ACC is very weak this year to lose to that, that team. Yeah. Uh, real quick before I give it to Cody for the two bowls, for the second bowl, I'll probably go with um, – I actually think, you know, with Bama losing out, I think Ohio State's going to win out and go to go to that um, college football playoff. Um, so, I'll probably go with Michigan State. I think Michigan State, that one loss was just horrendous. And I actually think with it being Michigan State, this might actually be the SEC's best chance game to lose. Um, with Kenneth Walker in the run game, I think Ole Miss has trouble with that run game. I think even the only team I don't think that does, honestly, is A&M. Yeah, their defense, their defense is insane. It's just unbelievable, yeah. and I think that'll, I think that'll go a long way this weekend as well. Which I think it's going to be a lot better game than people think, just because it is in Oxford. Um, Matt Corral is going to have, I mean, he's going to have to be quick and efficient. But this A&M's defense is for real. So I'm going to go Michigan State in the second game. And real quick for my last segment of the night, I'm kind of curious, like you said with Hooker, I'm kind of curious to see if Tennessee's offense can have any success this weekend against Georgia. Yeah, um, I, I was going to. They had like the le- the least time of possession in like almost two years of a game, and they scored like fifty points. So it's kind of cool to see Hypel's offense getting working, you know. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised, you know. I don't know. I- I'm not saying they're going to score, you know, but they might be able to score the most that's been done so far if they can stretch it out, you know, and 
and run, they might be able to get to at least over 13, which I know that's not a big number, but that's what Georgia, I think, allowed the most on the year. So I think that's going to be exciting to watch this week, and that's really all I got for the night. I was just going to uh, say – He said he wasn't saying – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say with Ole Miss is a big question mark to me right now. I, obviously, I'm a fan, so I watch the games, but our whole receiving core is is out. I mean, yeah, so Matt Corral's – I know that everybody is jokingly like about him having y'all to <laughs> about his Heisman moment or whatever, but – and I know that he should – he needs to win. Like, he needs to win out and put on stellar performances to even have a chance. But in my opinion – this is like completely unbiased. I promise. He's just with the tools that he has right now, being able to even win games is incredible. Um, And a bad defense. Obviously I I like to debate the Heisman in general, and I like to debate it even more. Now that there's a, that there's a Ole Miss character in there, obviously I'm going to debate it more. My only thing about that, and I'm only jumping on it because I had an argument today, the weapon deal for me, the only thing that weighs in, is that that group of five, you know, group of five always has one Heisman contender, always, it seems mm-hmm. like, just always. And, like, their numbers always add up, but they're, like, they're they're playing a shit competition, so it's a little different. Corral's doing, I'm not going to say shit tools, but he's doing, you know, C-minus tools, we'll say, against yeah. A-minus a defense usually. But it, it almost seems like the Heisman just doesn't – they don't care. It's strictly a numbers, and sometimes it's almost like they don't watch the games, honestly. Yeah. When they come out with the odds, in my opinion. And, like, how we said, Caleb Williams being at plus 800, like, the whole fact that he came in as a second string over a guy who was supposed to be Mr. Football damn near. Yeah. Over, uh, Radler. He was the Heisman favorite to start the year. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I really don't think the – Almost how we go to college football playoff and now it's an eye test versus a computer system. I feel like a Heisman is almost stuck in the computer system just because of how much they go off strictly numbers. Like, right. Now, Kobe Dean should be getting more respect. And I'm not even saying that because yeah. he's or nothing like that. Like, no, yeah. He's a key, if not the key, to one of the most badass defenses we've ever seen as far as total defenses go. And he yeah. got a little respect last week when he was at five. But when the odds came out this week, I didn't even see him in top six, yeah. top well, seven. I do wish that the Heisman would go back to being the best football player in the nation. Right. It's kind of yeah. turned to a quarterback running back scenario. Yeah, no, no. And we see to in the NFL, which is what it is. Yeah. Media, how we have it nowadays, it's always gonna be the flashy guys who get all the credit. Yeah. But, but that I'm that was just my little I'm sorry, that was just my little soapbox yeah, yeah, moment yeah, yeah. because but, go ahead, Bubba. I'm gonna hit the I'm gonna hit the outback ball. Uh, I'm going to start with the Big Ten side of it, actually. And I I, I was high Michigan State mainly because I, I really loved Kenneth Walker. And, no, I mean, no disrespect to him. He's still doing his thing. But with Michigan State losing, I honestly think Michigan comes out a little bit more on top. And I think Michigan might match up with A&M, in my opinion, because I really do think – I just think that – I think State can beat Auburn, and I'm not saying that as a State fan. I'm just saying I think I'm more biased, not because my fandom, but maybe more biased because I watch every single snap. And with it being at 11 a.m. at Jordan-Hare, we have more of a chance than you're not going to win at night over there. And I don't know. I just think we got a chance. And then as far as Iron Bowl goes, I mean, yes, they have a chance. And, yes, in hindsight, you know, it looks like, oh, Auburn, you know, they're probably going to beat them just because of – 
Bama with the six-point win over LSU and trying to hand the game off and then losing the A&M. Close game to Florida, as we saw. Like, all the shit adding up. I think it's going to be almost too obvious for everyone to keep saying Auburn has it. Usually when Auburn wins the Iron Bowl, they don't have a likely chance. They don't think they're going to. Yeah, they, they just do it. It's almost kind of like favors the Egg Bowl a little Real bit. quick, I'll let Kelly finish off. But I think this game kind of like the Alabama Ole Miss game, you know, where this year as to where, like, people were like, oh, my God, this is the team that I think can do it, you know, and it, they just hear so much hype. I actually think Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC Championship, my firm belief. I think just because of all the hype, like you said, I think Alabama takes care of the Iron Bowl this year. So I'm going. Ready. I'm going Michigan A&M in that one. And then as far as the Peach, right? ACC yes, and Peach, Peach or Outback? Just give a like some. Song. Yeah, an Outback just now. Yeah. Outback, go Outback. I'm good on. I, I Outback. I'm going Michigan A&M. That's what I'm riding. Oh, with. Okay, I, okay. I think A&M's not for real, for real. But I just think with their schedule and stuff, I honestly, as far as the matchup goes, maybe. I, mean, I guess I can't say as far as the whole team, they're not better, but just matchups in my opinion, really favor A&M against Ole Miss, and that's their one big one left just because of the defense. I think to beat Ole Miss, you know, the defense kind of favors. Yes, we saw Bo Nix have not – I mean, not even necessarily a great game or nothing, but Auburn's defense kind of stood up. So, if you can can stop that powerhouse Ole Miss offense and with Ole Miss being banged up, uh, really unfortunate for them, but them banged up, affects them a lot more uh, offensively than most teams, in my opinion. But as far as the other one goes, I think I'm – now that we started talking, I think I'm going Pitt. Uh, I think I want to see Kenny Pickett face a SEC defense. So probably a little bias there just because NC State kind of feels like the move or wake. But Kenny Pickett against the SEC I feel like would be a little bit cooler just because, you know, he's that not necessarily no-name team quarterback that's going fed, but – He's Kenny Pickett. Like, he's not actually getting the respect that he probably deserves because he plays for Pitt and plays a horrible ACC this year. Uh, the ACC is just terrible. They're used to having that little – that spot in the – really not even them having the spot in the playoff. Used to just Clemson having it. But that third team that's out of the playoffs for the SEC is so damn hard. So hard to predict because I honestly – I'm not on the Arkansas train, but as I stated, I think A&M beats Ole Miss. I think State has a chance to beat Auburn, and even if they don't, I think Bama beats them. So, I, I don't know. I guess – I don't know. It's really – it's tough. It's kind of like y'all said, it's kind of a scenario to Ole Miss and Auburn, I guess, to fill that last spot for me. So, I probably give the benefit of the doubt to Auburn just because I feel like I'm saying State could beat them just because I'm a State fan. So, I don't know, but I won't be shocked if either one of them do. Corral, Corral versus Kenny Pickett would be cool, too. So, either way, I think it'll be fun. Uh, Bo Nix versus Kenny Pickett or Corral versus Kenny Pickett, I think, would be fun. So, either one of those is my final lock. I can't make that full decision. Uh, shout out to uh, Paxton Pearson for that question. I got. I wanted to say my outback. I agree with Michigan State, but I'm going to make a hot take just because uh, Purdue's playing Ohio State this week. Ohio State in the outback versus whoever. Mm-hmm. Purdue. Hey, Purdue has been slicing wow. the top five in the Big Ten. So, let's, let's, let's yeah, put a hot they, take I in mean, here. I know they got the most top five wins under that head coach. So, I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's pretty crazy. Where's the game at? Mm, that's a good question. Let's see. That's tough. If, if it's in Purdue, I, give, I, I might have a chance. But in Ohio State, I think they take care of business with ease. 
Where was Purdue, Michigan State? At Purdue, Purdue, yeah. Yeah, so probably. Both the games they've won this year against both. They beat the number two, uh, Iowa, Iowa, and it was at Purdue. And then they beat number three, Michigan State, and it was at Purdue. So Yeah, it's at Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a little tougher this week. But, I mean, if they get done this week, I mean, shit, you got to give them their props. Man. Yeah, I mean, for three, sure. Top five wins, I don't care who the hell it is. I mean, you got to give them top 15 ranking, I think, even with three losses. I mean, that's – Three out of your five wins being a top five team, you got to get something for that. So, I mean, uh, we'll see what happens. But I definitely like that that hot take right there by UG. Matt, you know, maybe, maybe giving Purdue a chance. So, we'll get that up this week. Oh, yeah, man. We'll see. We'll see. Starving. All, right. all right, folks. That's all I got for the week. We will let G close it out. Great episode. Thank y'all so much for listening once again. Um, please shoot us questions, anything y'all want us to talk about. We want to get more into interacting with the fans and kind of figuring out what y'all want us to talk about. So just let us know. Hoping to have some big things coming up for y'all soon. Uh, we're not going to get into it right now, but hopefully some big things coming. As always, greatly appreciate it. Retweet, like, share, uh, listen to it on Spotify or Apple. SG will break that down for you. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Glad to have all three of us in the booth again. Yeah, it was great. great yeah. Best episodes lately. All right, dudes. Well, that's going to be it for this week. Uh, hope you all have a good week, and let's watch some sports. And now uh, I'll let the song take us out.